Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you can tell our friends And they can have my things when we're dead But we gonna live forever But we gonna live forever Welcome to the Boys Cast This is the smooth stylings of the Miami cast It's a lot different of a tone I still, you know, it's still a little screechy But we keep it low We keep it smooth Some other podcasters that just did as many shows as me and just drove five hours back, wouldn't have come directly to the office, set up lights in a new studio in a foreign land such as Miami immediately. But for me, it's important that the fans get what they want. I will not rest. We've been on the road, meeting people, exhausted, if you will. But I will tell you, it's been very cool, and we've got new dates coming. There's going to be Kansas City, St. Louis, New York. I'm going to be doing Carolines, Naples. We're out here still doing the video, still doing the cast. You know, we were on the road, and it was cool. It was one of those things. It's, you know, me and Danny, I took this young Jewish boy. I went, asked his rabbi for permission. I said, can I take his hand? And he said, well, it's not that simple because Danny and me have a complicated sexual history and I don't know how I'm going to fare without him. And then I said, what if I make you this deal? Danny gives you consecutive blowjobs every twice a day for the next six weeks, which was before the sort of date started. So Danny's Danny's, you know, mouth has been full back of his neck. Boy, does that hurt? Bottom line brought that innocent Jewish boy to the mean streets of Miami. And I went to, it's freedom out here, by the way. I don't know if you guys know him, but the mayor, the governor here, DeSantis, is like based, basically, because um, I've been sort of paying attention. You know, I used to talk about Cuomo more. Now it's like, I don't even care what that guy's doing. It's like, whatever. He's picking up chicks from what I don't even, I don't even pay attention to that guy anymore. I, he, all I know is he's out there putting the sausage down. I'm more of a DeSantis guy now. So I got the DeSantis gossip. And it is really the opposite. It, it's so important. Like, the where you live, it's just it's the opposite. Because when you're in my, New York, it's just the, the equivalent of you go to you know just a deli and some person will be like, oh, this Trump guy, right? And you got to be like, oh, okay. It's the opposite now where you go to like a, a hotel or like a Target and there's like a lady in line being like, oh, this mask stuff's bullshit, right? The Airbnb lady that I'm staying at, we got a place, nice pool, pretty sick. For As soon as we started, she was like, you know, this COVID stuff is bullshit. And I'm like, now we're talking. But it is, it's just crazy how everyone has no problem interacting with strangers and getting their opinions out there immediately on pretty. And again, I'm doing it here, but not to my, 
you know, to the kids I'm babysitting. These people are putting the putting the uh, information out there. DeSantis, he goes, which I don't know, you guys probably already know this, but he basically said, you know, why would New York and Los Angeles get more money than me? Why would why would these places be getting money more money? Because they added more money for un- like the more people that are unemployed. It's like, okay, so you run your city to the ground and then, you know, I'm picking up the tab for that. No, no, no. You ran your city to the ground and you can pay for it if you feel like it. That's, you know, basically what can happen. And he's, you know, he's got a hot wife. He just, he just consistently, you could see him making, this guy's going to be making a run for president because he's sort of like a, a younger guy. He doesn't care about being called names on the internet. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's not afraid to throw the insults around. It seems what you need for the new modern conservative if he was going to run. Cause the problem is they always try to run like an old school conservative guy. And it's not the games change. That's Canada. The guy's like, you know, what? I'm just family values. And everyone's like, screw you. That That's not how you win. If you want to be that guy. So we'll see that guy seems like he's coming up. But then again, these guys seem like they have a good six months. That was my old governor. Cuomo had, had a good six months where people were call, sucking him off, calling him daddy. And then all the, you know, now it's like, this guy's done. And, uh, Alex Jones had a lot to say about that. I heard him on Schultz. So we're in the same building as Schultz and stuff. And then these, uh, Alex Jones was here Monday, which I didn't even realize me and Danny are here. We're writing our movie upstairs and, it's pretty like awesome building, but then they have the common areas. You have to wear a mask and stuff. And I go, well, I don't know. We're not going to go work on a couch and like talk to each other with a mask. So we basically just stay in our office. So even in Miami, even in, but this is like a, you know, hip, hip working place. So maybe that's the difference around the normal places. They don't seem to care as much, but it's kind of interesting. If you were just working at like a, essentially like a, we works in here, Alex Jones just walks in the building. <laughs> Here's like, what? Excuse me. There's, um, before I get into some of the things I want to talk about, there was obviously I should address the recent surge of cancellations. Um, cause you know, I obviously everyone's seen the Mr. Potato head thing. And I had a scenario cause even my doctor was like, Oh, just so you know, it's called, it's a gender neutral potato head now. And I had to say, okay, well then can you take the gender neutral potato head out of my ass <laughs> with the tongs full up in my ass? It is kind of gaslighting a little bit what they do because, and it is like super boomery to get into like, could you believe they're taking potato head <laughs> as they, you know, as these people just win every last battle and you're like, we're going to get potato head to stop that. But it is, it's one of these things where they go with that sort of stuff. I see so many photo of like posts and stuff where they go, oh, people are so mad. Oh, you're offended. The potato head got taken away to people or whatever. And again, I'm not, you know, it's like the trans stuff where they, they, uh, they get you to they get you to talk about it and they go, why do you care so much? And it's kind of like, it's such a, it's almost like a good trick, but I think all tricks are good ones until people are onto them, but they go, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of this thing. And then you go, I don't want you to get rid of that thing. And you go, Oh, you offended. We tried to get rid of it. You're triggered. And you're like, well, there isn't the reason you're getting rid of it. Cause you're offended. And then you're just like, so we're offended that you're getting rid of it. And you're like, well, you're, we're, we're offended. So we're getting rid of it. And then like, we're offended. Oh, you guys are offended that we're getting rid of it. And then it's like, they just jumble it all up. So it's like, well, who's offended? It seems like all oh, these snowflakes are mad about Mr. Potato. And it was like, wasn't kind of the thing that you're getting rid of it because it's, it's, 
it's like a mind trick. And I think it all boils down. I was talking to uh, my friend Patrick and he, he was, I thought he had like the best way to describe it too, where he was saying, if you if you are a corporation right now, you don't you, advertising and you want to be, you know, woke or whatever. You don't get the woke points by saying, Oh, look at we, you know, we really care about minorities. Look, we care about liberties. You, what you do is you say, fuck you conservatives. That, that's how you do it now. Cause it's really, it's like you get, you just go, you know, middle finger in your face. It's, it's almost comical. And then they get riled up and you go, look at these people riled up. It's, it seems really like the playbook right now. And then it's kind of struck me too, where people say live in their truth, you know, when, cause all these people are about like living all their truths, you know, it's like, I just here to live my truth. And what they really mean is like living the consensus is truth <laughs> living the hollywood consensus is truth and you're like the minute anyone says what they actually think you're like cancel them or whatever based white house interpreter canceled that was a bit ago but did you see i don't know if you saw that that really made me laugh because the white house interpreter um basically they found out that they were also, you know, in, in some groups or maybe ties to Q or whatever it was. But I just love the idea of, you know, Biden giving his speeches and then like Loki throwing in, <laughs> throwing in her thoughts underneath. You know, Biden's like, just want to say that women are great. And she's all like, women who belong in the kitchen are not great. Just going, <laughs> she's just sending the smoke signals out there. <laughs> I think that women... Have the, are the future of this world. And she's like, you know, women, quote unquote, <laughs> you know, and they're talking about trans stuff. And she goes, women, she does the quotes in sign language. Burger King trouble for their, you know, based Burger King. <laughs> A lot of based people these days. <laughs> women belong in the kitchen, just sending smoke signals out also to the boys. Um, McDonald's needs to counter that by saying, women shouldn't be in the workplace and then they get mad and they go no no we, it's for covid we think that they shouldn't be in the workplace that we're talking about teachers we don't think that the teachers should be in the workplace right now because it's unsafe what did you think we meant mumford and sons guy probably my favorite one none of you saw so the basically the banjo guy for mumford and sons <laughs> he tweeted out they thought andy knows book was good and sandy knows got like a book about how antifa's bad he, he literally writes, he goes, oh, yeah, I think this book was pretty good. Internet explodes. Appall and then so everyone, you know, and by the way, I'm a little uh, sympathetic in general to when people have the mob like really taking them down. Because even when people did like the worst thing, it's just even like phys physiologically, whatever you want to call it, mentally, physically, like all of it. It really does like run a toll on you when you have a thousand people. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever had that even in like a small way. It, it's like just when you're in high school and you have to go to the teacher's office and wait for your parents to come because you, know, you got suspended. It's that times a thousand. So I do, I do kind of get why people's instinct is like, okay, maybe I can apologize to go away. You know, you're not thinking, especially if your whole thing is. But the banjo player... And there's a lot of people making the funny comparisons like rock and roll before was like biting off the heads of a bat and rock and roll now is like, I'm sorry for recommending a book <laughs> about why, you know, people that are tearing down the city or whatever are bad, but you can. And then his, you know, he's getting like kicked out of the band and he's apologizing right and left. <laughs> he's going to take a break from the band. <laughs> and because 
I think he was basically, you know, he's practicing his banjo. He probably had to read Andy Noe's book, like in the darkest place. They're on the tour bus. He's underneath it. He's like, where are you? Oh, I'm just writing some Mumford and Sons uh, advertising jingles. <laughs> hey, you know, they love every, every song sounds like a friggin' uh, bank commercial. Hey, I'm just, I swear, I'm, I'm not, I'm not reading Andy Noe's book. I'm writing advertising jingles. I swear. I promise you I'm knee deep in new branded content instrumentals. I'm so sorry. I recommended a book. It is insane that this guy had, <laughs> if you want to be, it's like a big selling book too. It's kind of like, also Andy knows so it's, you know, it's kind of the rock and roll thing. We're writing this movie right now. We're thinking a lot of that stuff about, it makes me laugh always how the fact, the like Ben Shapiro type guys or Andy knows of the world. They're like, Ooh, the bad boys. And you know, all of their stuff is like, uh, you should care about your family. Like maybe don't, you know, go out at night and smash windows. And they're like, Ooh, you know, this is dark matter. Heaven forbid you listen to Andy. No, you're losing your rock and roll career. Cause you, you know, listen to Andy. No. And it's, it's like bizarro world. We're living this bizarro backwards world where the rock and roll guys are, who are like, they're, they're like, we're still cool. And that's nerdy. But we're canceling you because that nerdy stuff is bad for the kids. <laughs> Essentially, you know, it's but it's bad, you know. And he knows too ooh, dark matter. So that's all the canceling stuff. But I thought it was pretty cool that Andrew Schultz or that uh, Andrew had fucking Alex Jones here. I wish I went and said hi to him and got a picture and stuff. <laughs> fucking guys, wild a wild man. You know what's funny with all those guys? A lot of those really wild conservative, not I don't know what you would call him, like just, you know, even the conspiracy, whatever you want to say, guys that are just wild men. And I always like those guys. You, It's funny, and a lot of the radio hosts, and I don't need to name any names, but it is funny when you break it down. One of the things you realize is that they're fucking blackout drunk. Because <laughs> you, you know, it's when you go, Oh, these guys are, cr and then you go, oh, these guys are blasted. Like they've been drinking all day. You know, I used to, the compound media guys, you go in there and it's like 9 a.m. <laughs> Gino's blitzed out of his mind and all those guys. And I get it because sometimes I'll do, you know, podcasting for like four or five day, five, five hours a day. And then I'll have like two at night, you know, because I try to block everything in. And then at night I'll be so tired. And then, you know, I get, you know. Three, four white claws deep like a man. I was getting killed on the claws this weekend. Three, four white claws deep like a man. And it's fun again. And you go, okay, you got like a second burst of energy. And if you do, if you had to do four or five hours a day of what Alex Jones does, I get, you know, I guess you would be like, yeah, I think I would have to also just get blackout drunk. But then that's why they just, they, you know, everything becomes this like run on sentences. I, I'm even worse. I just get real loud. <laughs> but I think that's why all those guys just become such... Just alcoholics. And then they stop drinking and it's like, I don't even know how to do this. After 20 years of just doing this job, smash drunk, I'm like, hey, go be really interesting. You know, if you were going to a bar, like a nightclub drunk, uh, sober, that's what they feel like now, trying to do their thing. So they're like, after an hour of that, it's just like, get me, bring the shots in. I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Our neighbors at the office that we started writing the movie at. Uh, where fans of me and Danny, they go, Hey, did you guys make videos? And I go, Oh, we do make comedy videos. And they go, no, 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 no. It was like a gay porn that I saw a fat boy in. 
I saw a Muslim chick walking down the streets in Miami. She had the full, you know, the full thing. No, not the full thing. The the half thing. Just the do-rag. It <laughs> wasn't covering the face. And she had the mask on. And then she lowers the mask and just fucking hawks a huge loogie on the street. Just <laughs> puts the mask back up. I was like, I don't have anything else to say about that other than it made me laugh a lot. It was just like a funniest visual Muslim chick. Like, and it was kind of one of the like hip Muslim chicks. Like she probably had like air force ones on, (laughs) remove the mask, hawks the loogie, goes back to walking. A few other things before I get in this article, the app, I do should apologize. The application that I told you guys about, uh, already exists in the form of bands in town. A lot of people message me that not very happy campers. Actually, everyone goes that app exists. And my app was there. There needs to be a, a, a uniform app that everyone uses. Maybe it could be used blockchain technology. If I, and I got a lot of people messaging me saying that they were uh, programmers that could help me work on it. But the moral of the story is, and I, I, I did know this, that there are other apps that have tried this. But my point is, is there isn't one that everyone used. There's no central app and everyone goes bands in town. I go, no one uses that. And it doesn't, and mine, it's like, the truth is it should, it shouldn't just be bands. It should be, in my opinion, obviously it would be, uh, comedians would be cycled around, but it'd also be, you know, speakers and all sorts of things. It could be, you could follow like a club and it tells you when their nights are, whatever it is. But the problem is, and then you could swipe through, you know, events like you do for Tinder. And that's kind of the way I was thinking about it. But being in town was a flop. And one of the biggest things you need to know for making apps for, um, you know, most companies is you always want to focus on one community first. So someone like me potentially, and again, thank you everyone for sending me stuff, but I'm, I'm not making an app right now, but the, the, uh, the, like how, why clubhouse popped off is they focused on everyone in Silicon Valley. You know, if you focus on everyone in comedians, if you really need to like nail one community with your product, you know, even if it's a entertainment product and then you generally expand it out after I think bands in town just wasn't able to, you know, convince any big bands to go on. I don't know if they weren't, you know, connected to the band scene. They weren't whatever it was, but like I was in a band when that came out, I'm pretty sure. And I mean, like, we never were on it. I've never, I don't know any comedians that were on it. And even if you are, I don't know any normal people that were on it. So, I mean, maybe you guys, maybe there's people listening to them like, I'm a bands in town junkie, but I think that, yeah, they had an opportunity. They didn't do it. It's time for a new guy to take it over. I'm sure there was 80 fucking dating apps before Tinder, but someone did it properly. And then everyone copies the other one that does it properly. I had the weirdest thing when I first got here. And if this is a little bit of a rambly podcast, whatever, man, we're on Miami time. I've been on the road. It's been busy, (laughs) but... I was on the I was on the plane on my way here and I've everyone's kind of had that scenario where the plane starts going up and down and you kind of are like I'm crashing but this one I'm on the plane it starts going sideways drops you know my like the the point where my stomach ugh, drops down goes and starts going sideways lights start flickering on and off and then the announcements comes on and it goes hi guys, we are preparing to take off. And I was like, we've been in the air for, you know, 15 minutes at this point. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, what the, you know, and then the announcements kind of kept coming up and then the late, no one came up to talk to us. So we just kept hearing like malfunction things as the plane's going up and down, it's sideways. So everyone's, you know, looking around. And in my mind, I go, all right, well, 
That's probably it. I would, you know, I just go, you know what I should do? Cause I don't really have a will. So I'm like, all right, I should tell people who gets what stuff. And I started writing a will. I go, okay, I'll just do a sentence for everyone. And I go, okay, I'll do a sentence for my mom, sentence for my dad, my chick. And then I go, okay, who gets what? I go, give this, I go, this person's going to do my eulogy. I started doing that. I go, how would they know? So I go, okay, I'll write it on the front of my, I'll know what I'll do. I'll write it in my notepad. Then I'll take a screenshot and make it my, my title screen. So when they pick up my, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I was doing all this stuff. And then I kind of just had a moment where it made me laugh. I was just like that. I was getting bogged down in logistics of making my like death note because we were dying. And then by the time I went through all the logistics of figuring out who was getting my money and what note I was saying to my mom, then the plane had sort of leveled out again and it was over. But in my mind, one thing I will say is I thought it was over and I didn't, there was, in my, I, I go, I was like 50, 50, I go 50% chance I'm dying. And then I just was like, all right, well, okay, let's, you know, what's going to happen with my stuff. And then I record, oh yeah, that's the other thing I recorded, um, uh, four sets last weekend that I might just use for clips and stuff. And then I said, find a good edit. And then it was one of my notes. I said, find a good editor and release that spe- as my like last special. <laughs> Cause I'm dead, <laughs> but we didn't die. I got here and I watched the movie. Me and Danny went to a movie with, it was, it's incredible. You, you know, popcorn. I haven't had po- movie popcorn in ages. If whoever you are, if you are, living somewhere and you're working remotely, I would recommend this highly. For me, the only thing that always kind of kept me back is I got I need fucking film crew. I need actors. I need to do stand up, which is coming back April 1st in New York. And everyone says that Austin, I always, you know, have this argument with people when they're like, Oh, Austin's coming up. Miami's gone. I go, let's just put it in perspective. Miami has four comedy clubs. I'd say New York has 47. So just to put it in perspective, the difference in the level of comedy we're talking about, but everyone I would recommend coming here. As soon as you step off the plane, you go, Oh, what are we, what are we doing over there? How many people have seasonal depression? And they go, yeah, every winter I just, uh, I just get depressed. You go, yeah, I mean, you could just not do that. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in America, I mean, in Canada, it's always like, oh, you move somewhere else. They all still have winter. There's not really that much benefit. You're like, oh, it's a little, you know, tiny climate change, but basically the same. In freaking New York, in America, it's like, why, if you have seasonal depression, like, why get the hell out of there? What are you doing? Make some moves. People don't like to make moves though, but it's way better. You're going to movies. That's and I'm that's my number one thing. I don't like jet skiing. I don't like friggin' I don't want to go uh you know, watch sports games. <laughs> but I do enjoy a good film and the popcorn. We I did the, I went all out too. I did Maltesers, popcorn, you name it. But yeah, right before that I watched the movie The Trial of the Chicago Seven or Eight, one of the two. It was the Trial of the Chicago Seven or Eight or Trial of the Chicago Sixty Nine. And it was the Vietnam protest thing, Sasha Baron Cohen in it. And it's such an interesting, because they're basically all, you know, fighting the Vietnam War and there's all the different kinds. There's kind of the hippies and then there's like the, you know, wearing a suit, the wearing a suit protest guy. And, you know, the real progressive again, probably like the Bernie Sanders type. But it's so funny because when you watch this, you go, it's all flipped so much. And it's one thing is when you see like activists I could see they watch this movie and they go, that's who we are. We're the ones protesting the war. And it's so easy to kind of say, no, 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 it's flipped. But it's not really flipped. 
what happened was, you know, it sometimes it was basically the left protesting the war and, you know, free speech and this thing. And they see themselves as, you know, that's activists. And I think one way to, there's a couple things to say about this. Number one, the same way that they say every great writer, every great comic ruins a gener- creates a generation of bad comics. I think every noble cause creates a generation of people taking that cause to terrible conclusions and, you know, and and taking that culture to terrible conclusions. And I think that, you know, the kind of hippie movement, which was just in its inception, the same way that, you know, there's a million comics doing like a bad version of Louis CK and there's a, you know, a million comics doing a bad version of the great Hannah Gatsby who, you know, started an amazing trend. And then some other comics have bastardized her work to the point where it's, you know, not as good as the original, which was phenomenal. And I come every time I watch it, but it's, it kind of all goes back to the idea with, you know, with this, it's like, what do you think the role of the government is? And, you know, is it to keep you safe or is it to protect your freedoms? And these people, it's kind of like, it was to protect your freedom. So you can't just get sent to war to die and the you know government shouldn't be able to get in all these wars, but they just see the players. The players all stayed the same, but the governments figured out how to remove themselves from the whole game. And everyone's kind of seen the, you know, the memes where it was like, uh, you know, Wall, uh, the Wall the the Wall Street protesters. Um, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street protest. All the people who were protesting the movie Wolf of Wall Street, but the Wall Street protesters then, and it was like we're against the banks, and then it was like these people now, and it was like Citadel and and hedge funds, kind of the joke I make, and the, the gay pride. It's like woo, yeah, the the banks are all for you know Bank of America, the, you know that's what we're all for, and it's like the, these people have figured out how to let everyone fight it out, and so I think that. A lot of people say you need to look at the past to understand the future. And I think that there's some, to, you know, of course, there's something to be said about like looking at history and you kind of understand it. But the problem is it's not always the, it's not always true. It's like you really need to look at a long period of history because most people kind of look at the, they say, look at the past to understand the future, but there's so many biases it's kind of like, you know, if you go, oh, well, let's look at the past to describe what's happening now. And you just looked at that. You go, oh, the activists are the good guys. You know, the activists are, and you go, yeah, well, it was a very different thing. And the, all the, all the other players have shifted around. Like right now, if you, if Germany does anything, what's your initial thoughts? <laughs> like if Germany, so right now when it's the, there's also this thing, like when you're playing chess, the cognitive biases of your last moves are what make you lose. So it's like, you need to balance those things, like understand like the big long history. But the problem is most people interpret that as, you know, look at some small period of history and then all their cognitive biases get into it. Whereas right now, Germany, they can't make things independent. If they do anything that leans like, you know, World War II, anything that leans any of that stuff, it's just so much more pushback. So it's, they can't really make independent things. America, the fact that we they were the good guy in World War II, that's like a the the same biases that have been used to justify ten trillion terrible things. So the past just kind of becomes bias. 
Like, oh, we're the, you know, this party was the good guys. How many people think that? They're like, oh, you know, they grew up, oh, the Democrats are the good guys and these are the bad guys. And they go, or whatever, vice versa. And then you go, doesn't matter what changes. So looking at the past can sometimes be like the worst. It's like trying to evaluate things, especially right now, everything's changed. You know, the world is one big cryptocurrency. And to look at things like the old ways, it's probably not the best way to look at it. It's almost like right now is a very specific period that... And I think that looking at that movie about activists and all that stuff, you kind of, it was like such a realization. You're like, this isn't even that the players changed. This is a completely different thing. Same with this is how the power structures are organized comedically. There's so many people that I find are terrible at comedy now because they're stuck. Where how you know? And they, again, I say that there's some of this versions of you need to the when they say punching up, punching down, there is something to be said about that. Like the power structures of this, but they change all the time. And then people's biases are stuck in those because they're like, Oh, thinking of the way it was before. And then they, everything shifts and it just leaves them behind because they can't, you know, re recalibrate every, you know, so often, which is what you need to do. And I think that's so many people, I've even noticed that on the road so much because I think there's a, a group of, you know, me, a group of me and other comics that are sort of a certain, you know, wave of something or whatever. There's a little bit of a moment for troublemaker white dudes, probably whatever. Right. Or troublemaker dudes, probably even, but there's like these other kind of comics and other kind of entertainment people that will say, they'll kind of look at, and I'm not giving a name, specific names, but even some big ones, they'll kind of look at what I do. Oh, that's no good or whatever. And I'm like, the people that like me aren't this new other thing. They're people that used to like you. You know, because everyone's fans are a little bit them <laughs> for the most part. And that's not even, not even um, uh, across the board. But I would say even a guy like me, perfect example. I like murder in like hood rooms, like black rooms and all that stuff. And this is why I kind of understand even representation a little bit. But I bet you a lot of those guys that really like me. They're like, oh, I really like that guy, but I don't know if they so much, like if hood dudes so much go make me their favorite comic. Because I think everyone kind of makes their favorite thing is a little bit closer to them. Like, you're a perfect example. I do way bigger numbers in LA and New York than I do in, let's say, Texas, which, you know, if you think, oh, I'm kind of going against this thing, you might think, oh, I must kill more harder in those like red states or whatever. But like, that's not really true. I probably, and the most popular with people that kind of like grew up in liberal metropolitans and kind of saw things get out of hand and liked the same TV shows growing up. And that's not on, it's not everyone, obviously. I'm just saying as on average, I think that's true for most people. So a lot of these, you know, guys that, that used to be, that I would consider like, you know, were great funny. They kind of look at this something else and you go, no, dude, the people at my shows used to like you. Now they like me. They used to like you. Now they like this other thing that we're doing because you guys suck now. <laughs> so it's such a funny uh, way that people are all like, they can't get past, you know, being stuck in that like one, mo one moment from the, you know, from the past. I also think one of the biggest things, mistakes people could do in their careers or in comedy or anything like that is not understanding why people like things. And I hear this so much where... I see this and it always just kind of makes me mad where you'll see people get writing stuff off like, oh, that's just crappy. And, you know, you see, you know, the way that I people on would be like, oh, Nanette, that's just crappy. And but I'm, I always try to understand why people like it. 
and why it's a reaction to. And it's like, if you are like a, a musician and there's this new thing happening, oh, that's this just, people are just stupid. That's what it is. You go, no, I mean, there's literally a genre of marketing, you know, whether you're talking about like, um, traction or tipping point or all these books, it's all analyzing, you know, why do trends happen and why are they attractive? And a lot of it is, you know, the right thing at the right time with the right energy with someone who's like the right age, the right person to be able to tell the vessel, you know, to be the vessel for the thing. And I, that's why I always talk about that thing where I'll see something and I go, Oh, yo, sick. You know, you watch, you know, who the is this guy? Right. And I think that a lot of people will see that and someone will be like growing and they'll just go, Oh, it's just that, you know what I mean? And you go, no, it's not, it's never just that. Even if it's, even if you go, I don't like this, I think to be the best at understanding culture and to be the best at understanding probably business or marketing or anything, people, you know, a person, imagine like there's this dude and all the chicks like him and you go, oh, chicks are just stupid. It's like, well, no, like something he's doing is attractive to them. Like, what is it? And you go, ah, they're just idiots. You know, it's, I think so many people, especially right now, they try to write off things without understanding them. You don't have to like it still. But it helps you understand like the psychology of other people to understand why they do. And, you know, maybe you go, ah, I know what that guy's doing and I don't want to do that. And that's fine. But can you actually do it? You know, you go, oh, I, anyone could do that. You know, someone goes, oh, Larry, the cable guy, like anyone could do that. It's like, can you though? Could you actually go on that stage and do what he's doing? Or is it easier to just kind of write it off? And that's why, you know, a lot of comics start being, uh, making fun of comedy in their comedy rather than actually doing comedy, you know, it's cause it's easy to sort of point out what they're doing even then, but you can't actually do it. So I think that a lot of people get stuck in that trap and it kind of goes back to the same thing where you'll see all people tweet, you know, Oh, you know, every, these people just want to be able to tweet, you know, whatever they want with no accountability. And they'll be talking about people that are saying, you know, fighting free speech guys or whatever. And they go, oh, people just want to say racist things. They'll like kind of say, that'll be the argument. And you go, is that what you think it is? Like, really? You go, that's, you're going to sum up this, you know, this whole thing to that's what it is. And you go, you obviously don't understand what these people want. It's like, no, they, it's not about, accountability and you don't you don't think it's a little you don't think it's a little more complicated than that i mean with one socratic question you go do you think there is an amount that would be too much if someone called someone dumb that was their friend on twitter and they lost their job and got kicked out of school would you think that would be too much okay so if you were fighting for that would that would just be like oh you want it no you everyone has a point it takes five seconds to find yours, but you're just not even trying to understand what people's things. It's like, you're, you just think the worst of them. You go, Oh, they just want to be racist. And you go, yeah, pro okay. Yep. Good, good, uh, able, good ability to like understand the complicated debate and the positions of both sides uh, on the smart side, not the dumbest, not the dumbest one where you go, who's the dumbest guy that thinks that what's his position. You go, what's the, how about thinking about what's the, the smartest guy that started it not some idiot that like joined in guy number a million. I was thinking that I was talking about this on stage, but this, the difference with smartness is guys say they're when guys are dumb, they say they're street smart, which means uh, retarded. And <laughs> then, uh, which is like, you know, 
oh, I'm street smart. What does that mean? Like, I know every Coke price. Um, I know that I, I, I could tell you I, by heart all the weed measurements if you're selling. I know how to, I know the best guy not to get scammed. I can also tell you the quickest path to get to the jail yard so you don't get shanked. I'm street smart. And then girls say they're emotionally intelligent, which means a basket of problems. Like, oh, I, oh what happened? Oh, I just cried at work again. My intelligence is, oh, mom, my emotional intelligence is acting up again. I'm just bawling my eyes out at a family gathering. But I read this article, which I thought related back to my video this week. And sorry, I'm playing around with the mic so much, but it's this thing's kind of being weird right now. It relates a lot to what I was talking about this week in my video, which was the therapist that just tells you, tells the world to change and you're great, which I really didn't think that video was going to do as good as it did. It really popped off. It's got like a million views. Um, so the article is why I quit being a climate activist. And it came out a little bit ago on Vice and a bunch of people sent it to me, but I thought it was like, it's just the most, this article just embodies all of that stuff. It's like a 20 year old started being, you know, I want to change the world. I want to do this thing. I don't want to put as much effort into it. I want the whole, I want to join this activism group. I want it to change everything around me. And if it doesn't, I'm going to leave after not accomplishing anything and then blame it on the activism group. And first of all, it's, you know, being a climate activist is white people shit. And this is why I kind of like, you know, Black Panthers and like that kind of, those kind of black power dudes are way more because they go, fuck this white people shit. We're going to do our own thing. There is that degree of that where it's like, yes, if you go to, you know, if you're looking at like Burning Man activist type people, yeah, yeah that's a identity. Dreadlocks, that's a, it's, these things are identities as much as they are anything else. Like the fact that you're going to make activism your identity, it's like, yeah, that, that's an identity that you're signing up for. And if you want to go, oh, no, 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 I just 100% want to change the world. It's like, okay, well, just understand that everyone else does everything. A big part of it is, you know, this is the person that they're going to be. This is who they're going to present themselves to the world as. For guys, you know, a lot of these guys, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm getting pussy from being my activism. You know, I'm on, I'm at friggin' Occupy, getting head in a washroom stall. <laughs> but, like, I went to the, I even went to the, when I was uh, filming something in New York, we went to the, me and Danny were filming something and they were doing the, the, the COVID anti-lockdown march, right? And again, I think that the, uh, the restrictions were too, too much in New York, but when you're there, it's, you know, it's 40 people and they're like, you know, end the lockdowns or whatever. No one's paying attention. You're just like, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You know, no one, zero people are covering this. No news stations are covering it. No politicians give a shit that you're doing this. It was just kind of, there is a bit of like, who the fuck is this for? You like you and your, you know, few friends go there and you go, ah. So there is some of that, I guess. Um, this is a lot of activism, like is for you and your identity. And so this girl wrote this thing. She goes, the climate movement is overwhelmingly white. So I walked away and her family was in a flood. And, and basically she wanted to join this thing. And within a year she's had enough. And first of all, you go, you know, it's all, it's the most girl thing to do 
And sorry, I'm a little bit sick today, too. That's why I'm sniffling. Fucking, I'm telling you, we've slept zero hours. And Danny Polish got gummy sick. Um, no, we were, yeah, he was making out with me and he was sick. It was a whole thing. But they have, it's the most girl thing to join other people's thing and then tell them how to do it. I mean, you're like literally 20 years old. You join this thing that's been existed forever. There's all these people, that's their whole thing. And you want to tell them what to do. It's like, if you think that the activism is, you know, not working the way you want it to, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a good time for you to kind of start your own thing? And you're like, well, I can't start my own thing. It's okay. What? Maybe you weren't ready to change the world yet. If you're like, I'm not able to start my own thing. Is it possible that you're not quite ready to change the world? And you're like, well, I would like to join someone else's thing and then them use all their resources to change the world in the way that I want to. And you go, yeah, that would be nice. I think everyone would want a taste of what you just talked about. It's such a guilt-ridden article too because I don't know how these things get published, but it is the equivalent of, oh, I I went out to save a bunch of dogs today and I was going to save all the dogs. Then you go home and your chick's like, oh, how many dogs did you save? You're like, the people there that save dogs, they don't even want to do it right, so I couldn't even save any dogs, so I had to come back home. And you're like, why didn't you just uh, do it your way? I couldn't even because I I needed them because they have the right tools and then they're like racist. (laughs) And you go, okay, just, you didn't, you don't need to save dogs. I tried. I wanted to, I like, it's, you want, you still want your credit for it, but you know, you kind of quit, but you still want your credit for doing it. And she said, so after a while, I realized that I would only be called upon when climate, climate organizations needed an inspiring story or a diverse voice contracts or a campaign or to participate in a workshop for fun when everyone else, all the, all all of the all white on the all white project were getting paid. So I think that part of it is, I don't know if that is true that everyone's getting paid except for one girl, but if you were like an intern on it or something like that, but I mean, I probably need more information on that part of it, but you go, yeah, these people are using you. I mean, I was going to do a sketch with uh, Osama Siddiqui, uh, funny, super funny comic, but the idea that, you know, when when Indian people go into television networks and they're kind of like, yeah, I want to do a show about, it was like me and my friends growing up and you're like, and the struggles of being brown? And he goes, no, it's just like a normal thing. We started a tech company, and, but it was hard because you're brown. Like they, they, they just, yeah, they want to use your like struggles for their agenda. And that's like, of course, but the whole thing is you guys are being activists and you're like, oh, in this world, it helps if you, you know, whatever, are part of the hierarchy that they created. If you're like not white, you know, that's, yeah, that's what it, the world is right now. If you have like some sob story, it is easier for you to get, you know, people on board with your cause. But I've also had that myself. Like, you know, everyone's, everyone has an agenda and they're using you. I, you know, I, I'll have people that I'm kind of skeptical of doing certain interviews sometimes because people will just like, you could see I'll go on and they want to put they like you could make someone say whatever you want. You know, I'll go to the thing. Like I said, some of the reasons they'll do like the Ryan Long destroys this argument or whatever. You know, they want to kind of make it that sort of thing. And I wasn't even necessarily saying that it's kind of disrespectful, but they do do it. You know, you can make people say whatever you want on interviews. Like I, you know, Kurt and uh, Giannis on the last couple episodes or whatever. And you know, Kurt was like talking some shit about some comics. Giannis was saying this about this guy. I, like easily I could have clipped that and be like, Giannis destroyed so-and-so. It's like, but I would never do that because it's scum. It's a scummy move to do. But a lot of these places do it. You see, and then they put the writing on the box. So, you know, everyone's using you. But yes, activist people, 1,000% they're using you. 
That's why, yeah, they, all these companies all don't pay anyone anything. They're all, you know, have all these internal scandals because yeah, they have this agenda and they're going to use everyone and everything to get to it. She says, whenever I would question the whiteness of these spaces and how strategies didn't take race into account, I would be met with uncomfortable silences. The last time I was at a nationwide movement, a building workshop, I, I was asked, then why are you even here if you disagree? <laughs> so I decided to not be there anymore. And it is their fault that I quit. They said, I felt kind of guilty. I kind of feels like you did. Yeah. Like I was letting my people down, but I also felt that the lack of support when I had gone to the streets, a lot of this stuff too, feels like a lot of stuff that your boyfriend should be hearing and no one else ever. Like, you know, the kind of stuff your boy, you'd go home and you go, yeah, I wanted to save the world. And I went and marched in there. It was my first day of the internship. And then this guy's been running this company for 20 years and he hired me over five people. And because of my race and I went in and I looked him in the face, I said, <laughs> they told me to be quiet in the first meeting because, I, and I raised my hand immediately and said, why is everyone here white? And I started, you know, I wanted them to extract themselves immediately. I was just hoping potentially they'd shoot themselves. I'd Maybe I would be in charge of hiring everyone. I could fire the CEO. Like the, the, the guy that hired me, obviously he's got to go. And then they asked me if that if I hate it so much, why do I have to be there? Can you believe this? And now I'm not even there. So I had to quit. And the boyfriend goes, yeah, those people are crazy, man. I can't believe you had to deal with that. But that's the, you know, or maybe your mom or, you know, the therapist that just kind of rationalizes why everyone else is wrong. It's like anyone reasonable in your life would be like, what? You <laughs> You've been working in this place for like two months <laughs> and you, you, you raise the concerns that you said there's too many white people and the, where they're like, it's their company. You go, I, you know, maybe, maybe rate, you know, rise through the ranks a little bit before you start telling who should get fired. And you were like, yeah. Can you imagine how, how, how much people might not like that when you show up and there's like 10 people and you're like, okay, two people got to go. I don't care who, but two, two white guys got to go and we got to replace them with someone else. I was like, what the fuck? You're suggesting that I get fired? Yeah, I don't think so. And then she says, I stopped talking to people. I stopped talking to people who didn't relate, including friends who weren't telling me, including... I stopped talking to people who didn't I do I didn't relate to, including friends who were telling me to come join them now and at the marches, now that the marches were becoming popular. She was at the marches before they were cool, but more importantly, this is such a look at the world where you go Yeah, the world started now. I think that climate marches were uh, <laughs> I think that environmental marches were probably pretty um pretty popping at Woodstock. And you go, No, 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 no. I started marching in 2017 and I quit in 2019 and it was hip in 2017 and 2019. It was over by then. And you go, yeah, yeah. The world, the world was, uh, revolved exactly around you starting and stopping. I was, I was, I was into climate shit before it was cool, man. <laughs> what are you guys into tsunamis? <laughs> That's cute. I was into tsunamis. Uh, I was into fighting against tsunamis nine days ago. Global warming. Yeah. I don't even talk about that anymore. I like their first album. I was in bed sick a lot. I stayed home from climate marches telling people my knee was injured <laughs> and just kept to myself re uh needing to regain all the energy i had put into organizing i got a marching industry <laughs> i can't i can't come out what's going on my bum knee i'd love to be out there how'd you hurt it man. those marches get tough man 
I had to march 19 miles. What happened afterwards? Well, I, that wasn't actually at the march. I just marched 19 miles because that was where the HR department was located. Their tent at the Burning Man facility that I was going to tell them that there was too many white people there. It's sort of like 20. You're basically 20 years old and you think you should be the president of this company is, I think, the, the gist of it. It's all that. It's all the 20-year-olds should be the president stuff. And then instead of people being like, oh, come on, you know, Vice Magazine and other people go, that's, oh, my God. No, you're, oh, I, they, how come they didn't let you be the CEO immediately? I honestly can't believe they didn't let you be the CEO. Those people are fucking racist, dude. Many other climate activists of color have described similar experience of their tokenism. And that's the part that I do agree with them. I go, yeah, these people are are kind of trying to use you, but you go, that's everyone in the world. And you also are trying to do both though, right? Like you're these, you want, you can't just take these positions of people trying to use you. And then you're also in that game. You're like, yeah, they're going to use you, but that's kind of, if I, it's the dark arts, right? You kind of find people that are trying to use you and then you are able to shoot up faster because they're trying to use you. And then you're like, well, they're trying to use you. And you go, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. Right. But so it's a tug and pull that you learn is uh, life, I guess, really. If you're going to break it right down. And she said, the Disability Rights Commissioner, so-and-so, can't pronounce the name, Kai Tawu Iwi from ta wipa very complicated, found that as an indig indigenous person in the UN climate conferences, organizers would suggest showing support and passing the mic, but the same people would be the ones taking up space in negotiations and speaking the media. <laughs> it's pretty funny, like, saying the guy that hired you is taking up space. <laughs> I love the idea of, like, telling your boss that he's taking up space, like someone... These people, see, these idiots need to stop doing this bullshit. She, they're, she's, they're like kind of right, though, in the sense that, you know, these stupid idiot, you know, 50-year-old white guys pander to this bullshit. They bring these in. They go, oh, we're going to pass the mic around and, you know, we're not going to talk. And then, and, then they go, and then they go to the speech and they're kind of like speaking. They go, why are you speaking? I thought we were here. That's the whole deal. And they go, well, I mean, it is kind of my thing. I'm still going to speak. And they go, well, then why did you even bring us here? And like, they're kind of a little bit right where they go, you brought us here to be like token, you know, indigenous people. And you made a whole thing about how you're going to pass the mic and you're not going to speak. And then now, then, then they're all hyped up being like, yes, yeah, so why are you speaking at all? And you're like, oh, <laughs> I really didn't expect you to, <laughs> kind of didn't expect you to notice that. I thought you were just going to take your little bone that I gave you. So you are snazzing these people up, the, the corporations and the older people that are, you know, lying to them and trying to do that. It's like you either go all the way. You're right. It's like it always ends with you go, everyone should be fired that isn't like a white man. It's like. Well, why not you? And you're like, well, I mean, I keep my job. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to keep my job. But on the other thing, it is still funny. And just if if it wasn't that, just the idea of telling your boss that he's taking up too much space because of his race. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> they say white activists can protest wherever they want because they have homes, jobs, and a huge amount of freedom of expression. Believe me, we want to do big things. But what's stopping us? A future in life is at risk. Jesus Christ. This stuff can be so racist if you just like step back two seconds to go back to my woke racist, which I guess sort of defines me at this point. <laughs> but you go, white people are allowed to protest because they have homes. <laughs> okay, like you think black people are all homeless? 
oh, easy for you to protest. I'm like going up to like a black guy, like, oh my God, I'd love to invite you to my protest, but like you're homeless. So they're like, I'm not homeless. <laughs> like every black person is not homeless. What else do they say again? They go, they have homes, jobs, and a huge amount of freedom. So I guess she doesn't have a job. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, for starters, yeah, it's that thing. You you don't have a job and you're interning at a climate activist place and you don't have a home. <laughs> you're, just like you're sitting on the streets of, you know, New York with a sign that says, please raise money for my activism. I'm, what are you, what, oh, what activism are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to infiltrate all these big activism companies to try to get rid of all the white people in them. Anyways, but if you give me money because I'm currently homeless and I don't have a job, but I are you like maybe you should solve some of that stuff? It's like no, 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 no. That is not on the list of things to do. But if you do want to give me money, that's my my big plan. Is that other basically there is this thing too where they want to sort of make all activism sort of mold together into the same activism. You know what I mean? Cause they're basically saying like, Oh, climate activists. It's my, it's my sketch. Climate activism, the climate activism game has a race problem. And they're just basically, they want all the activism to sort of join together and be the exact same activism. Like they, every, whether it's climate, whether it's race, they should all just be like race, gay climate. <laughs> you want to add them all into everything, you know, because I'm sure if you was at a race thing, it's like, well, we need to, to worry about climate changes, put them all into like one big bundle. It all sort of turns into the same, you know, I'm into endangered animals. Like, Oh, it failed to address the how racism. It's mostly white people that are making money off the animals that are okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. We got to get racism into the endangered animals and things. <sighs> They say anti-racism and anti-capitalism need to be made part of organizing. And it's like, yeah, they just want to kind of turn it into one big ball. The climate activism community has a racism problem. I think it has a narcissism problem. I think that's probably the best way to describe this because you're like, oh, all these people want to, you know, they're these privileged activists and they want to get up there and, and uh, you know, speak for us. And you go, yeah, why do you think that like these people are all kind of narcissists? You know, some guy at Burning Man, like I said, dreadlocks. He's got two activism groupies. And you're like, hey, do you want to sit down? You go, sit down. I'm freaking getting pussy off this. Like Sasha Marin Cohen's character in the Vietnam one even. It's like he was, he was getting the good sniz, dude. I heard a thing that someone said. He said, people freed their minds only to embrace their ego. And I think there's some kind of truth to that where it's like, and fine, but they said in their next sentence, she goes, you know, these these uh, people, the privileged activists need to learn to decenter themselves from meaningful conversations and blah, 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 and put forward disabled and queer global south. It's like, okay, what if I break my legs now? Can I speak again? But you go, they don't want to decenter themselves. The whole reason they're doing this stuff is to be at the center of it. And, you know, at least a little bit. I mean, people need an identity. Everyone does. Everyone needs to be able to rationalize in their mind what their place in this world is. So you're like, oh, I'm going to join this company at 20 years old and tell all these 40-year-olds that have been doing something a certain way to get out of the game. And they're like, yeah, I kind of like being in the game. You know how much pussy I'm getting from my Burning Man? And now I'm at the sidelines watching some 20-year-old talk because I'm not disabled. <laughs> I guess the girls, yeah, they mentally disabled, that's what they say. The goal is utopia, and it's just a kind of like a big Rubik's Cube that can't be solved. You know what I mean? 
So it just goes on and on and on. And I think that, I mean, this all kind of goes back to the Jordan Peterson stuff a little bit, who, by the way, I think, so I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to talk more about this on the Patreon, but I, I saw him on the Tim Ferriss podcast and I've been sort of saying that. I've been sort of making fun of him a bit because even when he came out with a new book, it's like 12 rules. And it's like, what's he talking about now? It's like, how about 12 more rules? <laughs> he kind of just comes up with 12 more more rules. But I, I, I heard him on the Tim Ferriss podcast because he's got the new book and he's doing a thing. And I literally listened to him and I would go, I think he's back. You know, I heard that, that heard him on Tim Ferriss and I was like, very cool. So I'm going to go through a couple of things he said and some other articles on the Patreon, but I'm doing uh, Michaela Peterson's podcast too. So maybe I, I was thinking I, I, I had an idea to for our movie, like a, a kind of a character that was a little bit like Peterson, but instead of like cut, uh, clean your room, it's mow your lawn and everything's like trim your hedges. It's, it's all, it's all of his metaphors are, <laughs> are lawn based, but I'm, I'm going to see if I can get him to come in. Cause apparently he likes my videos and stuff too. But I, I, th- I heard him on Tim Ferriss. And I really thought I was like, Oh, this was like, old school Rogan interviews where everyone was like, who is this guy? Kind of the thing I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast where that's a perfect example of people go, Oh, he's just this. And you go, yeah, yeah. That's why this guy connected with everyone on this like crazy level and rose to the biggest figure in, you know, modern history, whatever, however you want to describe it. And you go, yeah, that's just because people are stupid. That's why nothing else. There's nothing else like about his message that was insanely, um, contagious. Okay. I've been Ryan Long. I think next week, uh, I'm gonna and I'm gonna continue this on the Patreon. But ne- I think next week, what I'm gonna do is uh, something cool, like do a podcast with someone outside of Miami. Like I'm gonna find like a cool area to do some stuff like that. But in the meantime, I'm gonna be announcing the shows. I'll I'll, I'll announce them uh, on Monday. I'm gonna probably I'm trying to get the ticket links up as quick as possible. But thank you for for, for coming to the shows. And I've. I've, it is kind of tiresome to be honest, but after every show, I kind of met everyone and talked to everyone and took pictures and stuff like that. And it was very cool to see everyone. So thank you for coming. Shows have been super fun. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Cool video coming this Monday. I'm Ryan Long. Peace. (laughs) 